The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Halloween hijinks in downtown Phoenix tonight. First, the Diamondbacks get throttled in Game 4 of the World Series, and then the Suns go up 20 points on the Victor Wembenyama Spurs. Didn't look like it was going to be much of a problem. Phoenix cruising, everybody hitting their shots. Looks like just a fun game against a team that is a cellar dweller, a team that had the number one pick in the overall draft last year. But as fate would have it on the last day of October, the Phoenix Suns would lose a weird one. A team that was up 20 trailed by only one point for 1.2 seconds of the game. Matthew, those 1.2 seconds were the most important seconds of the game, the final seconds. Yeah, and a uh, couple things. Fuck the refs. Just fuck them. That's Kevin fucking Durant. Getting bleeding from the face. And yeah, I'm pissed. It's the first game that I'm pissed this season because... It was a foul. Durant should have had the free throws, and we should have won the game. That should have mm-hmm. been the game, but whatever. Good for the Spurs. Yeah. Good for the Spurs, indeed. Fucking motherfuckers. I hate the fucking Spurs. Yeah, I mean, of course it comes down to the old adage that you never put yourself in a situation in which the officiating can determine the game. The Suns, once again, stunk it up in the fourth quarter. They ended up scoring just 19 points and gave up 33 in the fourth. And in the two losses that they've suffered this season, this game against the Spurs and against the Lakers a week ago, this is what happened. This was the script. A team that looked to be in charge ultimately wasn't in the fourth quarter. And that is where you miss a Devin Booker, where you miss a Bradley Beal. So we're going to talk about that and plenty more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So Thank you for joining us right after this puzzling loss early in the season. This is one of the, the tough things about doing a, a post-game show right after the game is we have to talk about dumb shit sometimes. And it's the best way to describe this one, Matthew, is it was some dumb shit. Yeah, and I just want to grab my blankie and just go to sleep. That's Me all too. I want to do right now. But I'm here hanging out. I'll be okay in about five minutes. Yeah, we'll start to talk about the things that we saw, the things that went right, the things that went wrong, and know that revenge lies around the corner uh, with the Suns playing this team again on Thursday. So if you happen to be watching along live or at a later time on our YouTube channel, please press that thumbs up button. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, give us five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, write a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. We do have some Apple reviews, Matthew. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you read awesome. them at the, on the last pod. Did you? Did you with the geek? No, I don't do the the Apple part <laughs> at all. Like I don't touch Apple uh, podcasts or any of that. So, <laughs> well, this one's is from. <laughs> I know you don't. Um, is from. I think it says fidgety, uh, but it's a five star review. It says, "Oh my goodness, when you want to hear a couple of diehard fans who care about the Suns as much as you do, this is the podcast." Every glorious win, every soul-thrashing defeat is covered by John and Matthew and the loyal followers of the pod. So thank you for that review. You too can be read right here by me on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I have nothing to crack open. Fuck the refs. The 115, the 114 loss for the Phoenix Suns against those fucking Spurs, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Shout out to Iverson in the chat, $1.99. <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. He says, like I said, KD needs Curry to win. 
Matthew, does KD need Curry to win? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we had Curry, we probably won. We would have won this game for sure. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if that's like a real thing or he's just like trolling us, just joking around. I don't know. Nah, I, who cares? Well, I'll, I'll ask you this then. Yeah. Should we gloss over the fact that there was no Booker, no Beal, like the TNT broadcast did? Because they just kind of said it nonchalantly at the very beginning. Of course, that's a Reggie Miller broadcast for you where he's just like, yep, no Booker tonight, no Beal, and just kind of carried on. I'm like, that's kind of a deal. I know it's the Spurs, but it's kind of a deal, right? Oh, it's it's a big deal. But are you just asking because like most of the fans, especially all the podcasters out there, you know, no one really cares or they they do care, but they just kind of get mad if you're upset about it. You know what I mean? So kind of everyone's kind of glossing over like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's okay. Last podcast, I said it's okay to be upset about it because it is Beal. It is Booker. Those two guys you want playing with Durant. A game like this, you know that Katie can probably carry the load and beat the Spurs. Obviously, they lost. But, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of on the back burner it's because it's probably so early in the season. And maybe we're just so numb to it right now, right, that any star that's missing a game, it's like, oh, they're out. Okay, let's move along. You know what I mean? We got Wimby still. Let's Don't talk cry about, about it. We got that. Yeah, I just I think we're so numb to it right now, right? Yeah, I think you brought up a good point that everybody's kind of glossing over it because it's so early in the season. This is game four. That's kind of what everyone's saying. And we've said, I know I've said it on the, the first three. It's like, okay, no big deal. If we get a little bit later, it's something to be concerned about. But the way that I look at it is if we're starting to lose games because of it, it starts to become more of a big deal. And guess what? We're starting to lose games because of it. As I mentioned before, the two losses for this team are due to the fact that because one or or two of our uh, big three have not played, it hurts this team in the fourth quarter. When Kevin Durant is trying to get some rest after carrying the team through three quarters, there's no one to pick up the the offense. There's no one to add some continuity. It's unfortunate that it's come to that, but again, it's costing you games and games that are lost early in the season count just as much as games that are lost at the end of the season. I think what's concerning to me is more of what Frank Vogel stated before the game today in which he said, there's no real timetable for Devin Booker and Bradley Beal to return yet. They've both begun doing on-court work, but it's mostly been light shooting. That's what concerns me more than anything else, is if you're saying there's no timetable to return, even if Devin Booker's being interviewed by the TNT guys on the sidelines and he's saying he's getting close, but he just hasn't checked all the check boxes, that's reason for concern. Am I wrong by stating that? No, no, not at all. I think it's okay to be concerned. It's not one of those things where, and I get sick of this. I get sick of the fact that it's like, yeah, because they lost a little hot-headed now because we are going to lose a few games with them being injured, and it is frustrating, especially mm-hmm. out west. It sucks. The part is, is like, you want to see Booker, you want to see Beal. You don't want to have to go through these games wondering when they're going to be back. I know Flex did say today on PHNX, he did say that I think Chicago, November 8th is the timetable for the return for Booker to come back. Um, but still, by then, it's like, is this team going to be below 500? Can KD, can KD do even more to get this team over the hump every game? Because you already got two good games from Kevin Durant, this game being the third, but it just wasn't enough. And honestly, there's there's a few things to be said about the fact that we just can't be upset about like the whole Booker and Beal thing. When Beal comes over here, and he already has an injury history, you never really see when he gets hurt and it's a back issue. That's a big fucking deal. And to think that you're not going to, to think that you can still win games without Beal if you just have Booker and KD, it's like, no, it's going to be the same thing as last year. We need that third guy. Mm-hmm. We need him healthy. And then the thing that sucks too is if he comes back, in the back of my mind, I'm going to be worried about him getting hurt again. I'm going to be like, of course. I'm like, so is he going to be, it's going to be one of those things like, okay, the game's finished the next day. Am I going to wake up to a notification that Beal's hurt again? That's what I'm worried about. As am I, as I'm sure the majority of the Phoenix fan base is. It's comical, if you will. If you go to basketball reference and you look at the Phoenix Suns and you click on the roster, Bradley Beal doesn't technically exist on the Suns yet because he's yet to play a minute with them. And 
we're at this point now where, yes, somebody who has an injury history has come. He's missed four games. You know, he's getting close, whatever. You know, they're trying to play it safe with him. But again, and, and I get that, but if this is the case right now, it's, it's level for concern the majority of the year. And this is a conversation I believe that we both would be having, whether the Suns would have won or lost this game. I honestly believe that. Uh, if they'd won this game, we would continue to sing the praises of the bench and how they've performed and, and Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen with Booker and Beal out, how they've been productive members of society, if you will. But we still are longing and needing to see what this team is on the court at some point. Uh, a, a night against the Spurs, you can say, hey, maybe we, we wait another game or two, considering they have a back-to-back against the Suns over a three-day span. But do you think a loss like this, a gut punch, in which the Suns were robbed, that was a foul. I mean, like I said before, don't put yourself in a situation in which the officiating determines whether or not you win or loss. But at the same time, you, you have to understand, like, that that was a foul. Um, who put it here? Let's see. Uh, AJW. Uh, number 33 hit KD twice. Then as the ball was taken from number 33, or he was legit holding KD's left arm as if he thought the refs had called a foul because he yes. didn't foul him. He socked him in the face. He's like, sorry, man, my bad. Meanwhile, you know, Keldon Johnson scoring on Dr. <laughs> Oki and, and Kevin Durant standing there like, I'm bleeding from the face. You didn't call a foul. It's just been overall a bad couple nights in Arizona sports history, history relative to the officiating. Obviously, for those of you who watched the World Series last night, Gabriel Moreno, ball's six inches outside. They call it a strike. He should have walked, got on base. Would have been the tying run coming up to the to the plate. Who knows what would have happened, but he grounded out the next play. Uh, Libertarian Sasquatch, thank you in the chat. Four ninety nine in the super chat. He says, my wife and I went to the World Series game, left, and came back to watch this dog crap. What a night. Here's some money. I think a lot of people are feeling like you, Libertarian Sasquatch, but they're not giving us money, so you're a real one, and we appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. And Iverson does say Katie has none, done nothing without Curry, though, just to fortify that point. Uh, I will ask you this question. A loss like this, a gut punch, embarrassing national television. Is this the kind of thing that Devin Booker goes, man, fuck this, and is back oh, no. on Thursday because he's like, okay, Katie needs some help out there. I can be that help. I'm back. Fuck your chat remarks uh, there, Frank Vogel. No, I don't think he can now. I think the fact that we know that there's something lingering and he hasn't checkmarked all the boxes like he said in his interview, we know he needs to wait. And if he comes back soon, we're like, oh, is it because we lost a game? If he re-injures himself, it's because he came back too quickly. You know how Booker is. He wants to play. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part is because you know he wants to play and he would play even if he was, what, like 80%, 70%, he would be out there. The fact that he's not, it's just like, damn, I wonder what the hell is really going on. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't know. I mean, he probably come back sooner, I think in a week or so. But that's what I said when he got injured last. I was like, it'd probably be like two weeks. Yeah. That's just how it seems. Uh, We'll get through this. And you know what? I know AJW says it's one game. That's true. Yeah. I'm not doing that this year. I'm not. I'm just, I'm fucking, I know it's game four i'm overreacting to everything i'm overreacting to everything okay and maybe i'm just a little tired all right who cares and i'll be fine when we win thursday matthew's out there trick-or-treating he's just like i'm tired (laughs) we went around the block once yeah i know dude those kids do not want to trick-or-treat i don't get it yeah 30 minutes are done jeez man i'd I'd go for two hours when i was trick-or-treating our nieces and nephew our niece and nephew just like they go around the block once like yeah i want to go home and play video games yeah, I, I wanted to keep going, but I don't want to be the creeper, like, just, getting candy. Just, just walking around, looking for dates, trying to bury him. <laughs> who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play a game. You can't fault Kevin Durant tonight for another stellar performance in 37 minutes played. He was 12 of 19 from the field for a total of 26 points. He had two rebounds, but seven assists, a couple steals, five turnovers again. But he turned into a master facilitator in that third quarter, uh, was really opening up the offense and taking advantage of the willingness for the San Antonio Spurs to simply just throw 
an extra defender at him every time he had it because of what he did in the first half. You know, first half, KD comes out, he's 7 of 10 from the field, 14 points. And in that third quarter alone, he only scores four points, but he has five assists. Again, he goes out in the beginning of the fourth quarter and the Suns just kind of, you know, fall apart all over again. Uh, and, you know, he, he only he plays, what, eight minutes, 22 seconds. But Grayson Allen in that time and the rest of those Suns teams were a negative eight, uh, down 11 to three right off the bat. Talk about what you saw from KD tonight and talk about concerns that you have when he's not on the floor right now. Oh, it sucks. It's uh, it's one of those games where he leaves in the third quarter. You don't want him to come back to start the fourth. When your team's about when they're up 12 or 14 points, you're just like, you can kind of put this one away. One mistake leads to another, but even when KD's in the game, he makes mistakes too. And he, you know, steps on the line over the back. Um, he back didn't step on the line though. His like heel barely did. I don't know. Maybe nah, they're just like, you know what? He did touch. that before in the playoffs, but it with his toe. Touch. So yeah, I don't know. But it was over and back. So turnover. Um, you can see how upset he is with his other teammates too in the third quarter when mistakes are happening, especially Nurk. He like yeah. really leans into Nurk, doesn't he? Like, yes, he does. He gets upset. Nurk's, and I wish Nurk's his whipping boy. <laughs> he is. And I wish they wouldn't like like move the camera away. I wish they wouldn't change the camera angle or anything like that. Cause I want to see him and Nurk go at it because he just gets so upset every little pass. And I think Nurk gets so antsy, he's so excited. He has his little passes, and it's just like he messes up on one once in a while. And you can kind of see that it gets in Nurk's head a little bit, right? Like Nurk kind of, he kind of gets down on himself a little bit. You can just tell yeah, by but then he comes wise. out, he comes out, and he strokes three pointers. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he he takes it and he goes, okay. He I'll, just wants I'll, to be KD's best friend. Yeah, uh, but KD <laughs> wants perfection out there. But they're getting better. I remember like um, the Lakers game; it was so miserable watching everybody play alongside Kevin Durant. Now it's just it's a lot better, and they're gonna make mistakes still. Um, you just kind of like that last shot. Did you think it was going to go in? Cause I didn't, I just, I know it was no. a tough shot and KD would make it, but he, he gets so hot sometimes during the games. And then when he starts to miss, he can't make anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, he did it in a Lakers game. Like he got too tired and he just didn't make anything the rest of the game. So I just kind of was like, Oh, I don't think he's going to make that. I would have been really surprised if it would have went in. I would have as well. I mean, 1.2 seconds inbound fading away on the, the left block. And I just think that, uh, much akin to the Lakers game, we knew that he had expended the majority of his energy and the tough shot making. And I just, I didn't have faith in it. It would have been amazing if it went in. God, it would have been amazing, an amazing moment. Um, but the NBA's rigged. So that doesn't happen. You oh, know, yeah. they, I mean, as much as they just are in love with Wemby and that's all they talked about and no calls were kind of, you know, things were kind of getting a little fishy there at the end. And uh, a lot of people probably were, you know, on FanDuel or DraftKings betting the Suns point spreads. And they're like, okay, let's tank this bitch. We got to make all that money back. And, <laughs> you know, the, this has got to be a highlight for Wemby. You know, they're showing his dunk, which was more of a throw. And it's like a Dwight Howard throw in at the end of the first half. It's like, cool, man. He's one for six with a negative 14. Yes. They're getting fucking stomped. But yeah, cool. He dunked it. Like, uh, and that's just, it is what it is. You know, respect to Wembenyamba for who he is and how he plays. Uh, impressive indeed. But, definitely uh was targeted and and Kevin Durant was playing great against him but I don't I don't think that he uh I don't think he was going to make that shot no and uh I think with the Spurs being on national TV like every night they're like the Spurs have to win one I know Wimby's cool but he's not putting up the stats he's not putting up the off factor so like they have to win they can't keep going coming out every Tuesday and Thursday night or Monday nights and Friday nights on ESPN and TNT and they're not winning, and they have a losing record, so they have to throw them a win once in a while. So maybe that's why they won. And Eggs asks, asks in the chat, why is Pop, Pop taking Wemby's minutes? Is he concerned of injury? Does he get tired? No, I honestly think that in that fourth quarter, you had a second-team unit that was highly productive. So as a good coach should, he let them ride it out for a while until – momentum kind of sw swung just a little bit against them. And then boom, uh, when Benyama was out, uh, back out there, you know, pops a good coach. And yeah, we know that we knew even with being up 20, I never felt comfortable because when you play against Popovich, you know, that they're going to keep coming at you. They're going to play fundamentally sound. And what kept the Spurs in this game ultimately was in that third quarter, they were six of nine from beyond the arc. Uh, 
or I'm sorry, they were seven of twelve. The Suns were six of nine uh, from beyond the arc. But I mean, they just they they came out and a team that really had a challenge in the first half from beyond the arc. They were five of seventeen, which is twenty four. I'm sorry, twenty nine point four percent in the second half. They they went off. You know, they were uh, nine of twenty for forty five percent. They outscored the Suns seventy to fifty one in the second half doing so by outscoring them uh, 37 to 32 in the third and 33 to 19 in the fourth. So that defense that we've appreciated for the Phoenix Suns, it kind of went up into midair because they were comfortable after that first half performance, allowing that team to shoot from the perimeter. But you give that any team that many wide open looks and that's what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to go back and see what the, the uh, statistics are relative to how wide open the, a lot of the Spurs shooters are because they were collapsing on the interior because that's what Wembenyama does, and you have to uh, you have to guard against that. Yeah, and even like Keldon Johnson and Devin Fassell, like they're aggressive, and once you start thinking they're going to hit every three, they'll go into the rim. They're going to the rim. They're making their shots around the rim. They're drawing fouls, and uh, the thing is with Wimby too. I'll hit on that a little bit from the comment. I just think that he's he's still learning a lot too, and he's when he's on the floor, it's not like oh shit, Wimby's out there. Like, what are we gonna do down on, the, on down underneath the basket? Of course, that's something. He's long, yes. and you have to adjust to that. Um, but it's not like oh shit, like we're gonna lose now because Wimby comes back in the game. It's like he has a lot more to learn. It's hard to hate this guy because he just seems so mature, and it seems you know like he's learning a lot from Pop. But also, he he just he's a fun guy to watch but he has a lot more to learn too. Like, so you can't really just be like, Wimby's going to come in the game and they're going to win, like put him back in. It's like, no, the fact that the Spurs are winning or coming close to winning a lot of these games early in the season, it's because their whole core is actually pretty decent. Like they play their ass off and a lot of teams that come to play them, they just think like, oh, it's the Spurs, right? They have a few Mm -hmm. more years until they're back over 500, but they're like here right now. They're kind of decent for early part of the season. Yeah. They're going to be a challenge no matter what. And it's going to be a great learning experience for the majority of those guys because this is a bottom-feeding team that due to the fact that they have one, Greg Popovich, and two, obviously, Victor Wembanyama, they are going to see better versions of teams, and that's you know iron sharpens iron kind of thing. It's not guys taking yeah. nights off to try to duck them or whatever. I mean, they're going to try to bring it because, as you mentioned, the Spurs are going to be on national television a lot because of Victor Wembanyama. Focusing on some other aspects of tonight and some other players and how they play. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Really a tale of two halves for Grayson Allen. You take a look at the first half. Uh, he's four of five from downtown, scores 16 points. Uh, gets to the line for four free throw attempts, has four rebounds, has a couple assists. And then the second half, he's one of four, three points, uh, three rebounds, and was a team worst negative 20 in the second half on the plus minus. Did you notice the shift and what were the Spurs doing to take advantage of him and to put pressure on him? Well, the Spurs, they went to that zone, too. And yeah. I, I think that really hurt the Suns. I think Grayson Ellis trying to split that, him and uh, him and Eric Gordon. But Grayson Ellis handling, handling the ball a lot to end the, to end the game. And that's a lot of pressure on him. I know the first half was a lot. You know, he was incredible. Um, I think that the fact that he's shooting from Lillard distance back there behind three, he had a lot of confidence in the first half. But when it comes to the second half, it's just it's a lot put on, on, put on his shoulders. I think the fact that we had the one good game last game, and then we kind of almost had like a one full great game from him again. Yeah, that's a lot. I think one and a half games within about a five game span or four game span. That's pretty good for Grayson Allen, I think. Like that's what I expected him when he came to the Suns. But I think the Spurs when they went to the zone, that was a little shaky for him. But he was trying to find some guys, and he didn't really look for his shot. You know, he was trying to hit Utah. He was trying to hit um, Eric Gordon or even a Kogi who was missing everything in the second half. So he. I don't know. It just kind of went away. I don't. I don't really expect him. I'm not like, oh, Grayson Allen's bring the ball up. Let's let's get the pick and roll going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like I'm not yeah. looking forward to that. I'm just like he had his good first half. I'm looking more for like, okay, well, Katie's got to finish his game off. That's who I'm looking towards. Actually yeah, handling he, ball. Well, obviously, Grayson Allen was a starter with the Milwaukee Bucks last year, and he has the ability to play a full game. 
but he he's a bench guy. He's a great role player. And that first half that I mentioned with the statistics that he provided was in 17 minutes. He ended up playing 37 minutes in this game. And that's just too much for him. It's just and there's nothing you can do, right? This is the Booker Beal situation. He's forced into this because of the lack of availability of you know two guys who combine to make almost $70 million a year. So he, Grayson Allen's forced into extra minutes and he's falls off massively in production. And you're right. A defensive strategy deployed by Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs was the zone. And it messed with him. It messed with Gordon as well. Gordon had three turnovers in the second half as he too was just trying to penetrate and pop and bouncing the ball off his foot and just throwing bad passes and making bad decisions. It's unfortunate. Uh, but again, Grayson out the front end of this game, I thought looked fantastic. And you just wish that it's something that he can just continue throughout the game. Um, and that's why he ultimately he is Grayson Allen. He's not Kevin Durant. Not everyone's Kevin Durant. You know, he ends tonight with a nice, you know, little stat line. He's got 19 points. He's five of seven from deep. He's got seven rebounds. He's got three assists. But the majority of the damage was done in that first half. And again, being switched on to people like Keldon Johnson, who uh, was doing everything he can to will his team to victory. Ultimately, it happened. And again, it's 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 the right move. There's nothing you can do here. There's nothing. It's not like, you're like well, Grayson Allen's having a rough go of it. Maybe it's time to put KBD in. No, it's not. It's just it is what it is right now. Until the time is right, this is what we have to roll with. And unfortunately, that time being right is when we have our stars playing on the court. Yeah, and AJWs does say, I want to see more Medu. Metu and KBD and this, I think this team was just, they had to finish this game out. Like it wasn't like, 100%. Okay, like they should have just finished the game out. They should have won it. And I know I was blaming the ref earlier. It shouldn't even come down to that. The mistakes the Suns made were definitely on them. It's just when you have KD, that's going to, you know, get swiped across the face when he does, you expect a foul. Um, but they should have not get they a had the guys foul to do call. It tonight. They're going to yeah. release that first two minutes like they do at, uh, you know, the following morning. And it talks about missed calls, and that'll be like the easy ones. Like, cool. Like, we always get the missed calls that end up call- costing us games. It's not like, oh, there was a foul, uh, but the Suns were up five, so it's no big deal. But we missed that one. It's like, oh, no, this is a foul, and uh, it occurred. And because it occurred, the opposing team won. Like, just sucks. Yeah, like, we're, we're two and two suck. now. It's and it, I know it's just one game, but it's one game, dude. I know it's not the in season tournament thing, but this it matters, dude. Especially against the Spurs, it's nice to have these two games against the Spurs when you have Booker and Beal out. Even though I'm giving, I'm I'm upset about them too. All of a sudden tonight, you know, I just I want these wins against the Spurs back to back. They should get both of these, but they already lost one, so you got to get the other one for sure. Nurkic watch. Yusuf Nurkic tonight, 4 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Thoughts on Big Nurk? Giggity. Um, I don't I don't know why I was doing that. I feel like, does he look like him? No, he doesn't look like the Giggity like guy. Like Quagmire? Quagmire? No, I don't think he does. Who looks like him? Nobody. <laughs> He's right Nobody. there. He doesn't look like him at all. Okay. <laughs> I can see him right there. He doesn't look like him at all. Um, man, the last seven minutes, I thought this is the thing with Nurk. The last seven minutes, he'll hit you with two really good minutes. Like he'll hit the two threes back yeah. to back. He'll back. He'll box out. Um, uh, Wimbin Yama. He'll um, draw the foul underneath. Um, he'll miss a shot, but then like hit the two free throws. Then all of a sudden, it's just like I don't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? It can be a little frustrating. And then he has a back and forth with KD like most of the game whenever he's fucking up. But um, it's just, it's so hit or miss. Like this whole game, it was like, you had really good spurs by the Suns and all of a sudden it's just like they were blindfolded. Like that's the way that Nurk kind of looked tonight in certain spots. I was like ready to write my notes. Like, here he goes. He's closing out the game. Hit back-to-back threes. Takes the third three. I thought it was a good look. KD looked like he was upset again at him. Maybe I was like, maybe he was telling him like, to, hey, just settle down because he kind of rushed it. And I think he was maybe like, hey, just chill out on that three because he just, he shot it up there, hit the back of the rim, and it was like, oh, you kind of rushed that one. But yeah, the more and more I watched Nurk, like when he's like, what was he like, oh, oh and four, oh for four in the first half. Yeah, I'm like, that's all right. But he comes through in certain spurts. It's like, oh, we need him there, and then he just kind of makes some dumb decisions sometimes. But it's just like the lack of 
um, you know, just I guess it's a lack of um, athleticism he has, obviously, but most of the time he's doing a great job out there. Just tonight, some spurts that really killed us, I felt like. Well, the biggest spurt, as you mentioned, is him taking that three late in the game for his heat check. Like that was an important possession. The Suns were moving the ball. They had an opportunity to take advantage of a retreating Spurs defense. And he, he you know, it was semi-transition, wasn't full transition, but he, he he's like, now's the time to go for my third tr- three. And it was just, it wasn't the right time. That's not the best shot on that possession, especially considering your team playing a team that's literally, and you know, f- literally cr- is clawing back into the game because they clawed KD uh, at the end of the game. But you have to have a better possession there. And it's unfortunate because he hits that. Again, you're not talking about it, but it's just not a good decision. And that's the Nurkic experience, right? This is not a video game. This is what we knew we were going to get with Nurkic. Some boneheaded plays, uh, some smart plays, some physical plays. And all of it is still a better fit than DeAndre Ayton. So I feel like he's he put he's putting up DeAndre Ayton-type stats, but not getting paid DeAndre Ayton-type money. Uh, and still getting our center position still gets yelled at by KD. So I guess he's got that <laughs> going for him, which yeah. is nice. You know what? KD never yelled at. Um, I don't feel like. Um, no, he let Booker and CP3 Aiden. do it. No, he's just like. He wasn't there no long enough. Hey, Aiden did have. He's uh, like, there's no help in him. 23 rebounds last night, man. Yeah, they got to so, win. There you go. Yeah. Good for you. Good for him. Good for him. From Indiana University. Number 23. Air. Gordon. Gordon, much akin to Grayson Allen, had a solid night primarily in the first half. Uh, 20 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. 6 assists, 2 rebounds, but had the 4 turnovers. Was the only starter other than Kevin Durant who was a plus in the plus-minus ultimately I liked what I saw from Eric Gordon. You know, again, his ability to penetrate is huge when there's no zone because when the zone happened uh what what makes him his ability to penetrate effective is because of his spacing he gets a lot of attention and then he drives and he can either finish or kick it and the challenge with the zone is when he's going in there the option to finish and kick it are both kind of taken away from him and he kind of gets into that Eric Bledsoe no man's land of oh shit what have I done uh and that's where the turnovers start to uh occur so it's a good thing for opposing defenses to analyze is when Gordon's on the floor if he has to be a primary playmaker if you go to a zone it does fluster him but again a tale of two halves he he looked absolutely fantastic deadly uh just a, a a lot to handle much akin to last game you know he had what 14 points in the first half he was six of eight from the field and he was doing it in multiple ways and he too fell off and again, I think the frustrating thing for a lot of Suns fans tonight is between Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen. God, if just one of them, one of them could step up in that fourth quarter, one of them can help out when Kevin Durant is on the bench. They both, Gordon and Grayson Allen, combined for how many points in the fourth quarter, Matthew? Four. Zero. Zero. Those guys have to finish the games out. I mean, if you're going to be playing in there. That has to be a focus of the Phoenix Suns is you have to, those guys have to finish strong. Yeah, they both, including Gordon, got so down on themselves in the second half. I think they hit a point in the third quarter where the Suns looked like they were just going to blow out the Spurs and the Spurs looked like they were kind of giving up. Then all of a sudden just like switch when the Suns were just kind of turning the ball over, just like, you know, the making the third pass like Kevin Durant and it goes out of bounds. Like it's just like, yeah. There were like little sloppy turnovers that just let the Spurs back in, but Gordon just seemed like he never could recover from it. Like, especially like on the, on, I don't know if you can really blame him too much on the jump ball where it went his way and all of a sudden it's a fast break for the Spurs and they hit, they get the dunk the other way. But there's just certain things like the passes he was throwing to Kevin Durant were just really like slow. It looked like, um, freaking, what's his name? Garoppolo with the, with the, <laughs> the Raiders, with the, the, with the Raiders. I keep seeing the stuff. Raiders. I didn't watch it at all, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to compare him, I guess you can compare him to him. Um, just, it's like the one uh, he had one that went over to Durant and it went right over the defender, but like barely. And like the next one, it was just like the laziest pass. He's like, Oh, I didn't turn the one. I didn't turn that one over. So I got to make sure I turn this one over, um, but he ne- <laughs> he never recovered just like the rest of the Suns team. It's really weird because it's like 
I trust him though, still like with his shots, like even if he's taking a three, that's 15 feet behind the three point line. And there's a guy coming at him. I still trust those shots. It just, it kind of didn't fall in. Obviously they didn't fall in, but then everything else that he's trying to do on the court, I just was like, is he even trying as hard as him and Grayson Allen look like the same player out there at times. It was really weird. Really definitely odd. Yeah. Again, you know, it's the, the peaks and the valleys that were kind of, uh, going through with them and and they're they're going through it obviously as well trying to understand what their identity is who they are how they play into this offense in late game minutes because again gordon should be the fourth slash fifth option on offense if he's part of that closing unit that we've yet to truly see and he's being forced into kind of more of that that role and it's and it's frustrating for him and he's turning the ball over and it's a theme that the phoenix suns overall have had and been bitten by this entire season thus far. They entered this game averaging, I believe, 18 uh, turnovers a game, maybe more. Um, And in this game, total turnovers, 19. Points off turnovers, 16. It's something that I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun a couple days ago. Maybe it came out yesterday. The days are all blending together right now. And essentially, it was talking about how there's – three early season statistics that provide uh, an interesting insight into the sun's identity. And one of those interesting insights is the fact that entering this game, they had a 16 point or I'm sorry, 17.6 turnover percentage, which essentially means 17.6% of their possessions result in a turnover. It's the third highest in the NBA. um, And their points off turnover is is just ridiculous and that's what allows other opportunities teams like the spurs to stay in it and it's because you don't have your primary ball handlers and it sucks because again it kind of fans the flames shout out justin shout out paul shout out dan it fans the flames of the people saying well you need a primary ball handler because in late game situations you do and it's it's been turning into kd consistently because no one else can do it because they're turning the ball over and he turns the ball over and he gets (laughs) fouled and he doesn't get the benefit of the foul yeah, I don't know how much of this, like even this game where the Suns are committing to turnovers, how much of it is just kind of like, it just looks like they don't care as much. You know what I mean? I feel like Katie's the only one that kind of gives a fuck out there. You know what I mean? Like he's like holding guys accountable out there. He's like the only one. Obviously, he's the true leader out there. But it just seems like, oh, it's another turnover. It's like, ah, damn. You know what I mean? We'll still win this game. Don't worry, guys. And it's just all of a sudden, yeah. oh, you fucking lost. That's what it seemed like. And really quick, um, you said mm-hmm. Fan of the Flames. Um, Paul, I feel like he kind of looks like Eric Gordon, doesn't he? Yeah, I could see Paul from Fan of the Flames looking a little Eric Gordon-esque. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if I, that, I mean, he's a basketball player. That. It's not an insult. So. I, I think so, says Jay. says, oh, hey, he's in the chat. Let Paul know that we think he looks like Eric Gordon. You want to hear what uh, <laughs> <laughs> You want to hear what uh, Frank Vogel had to say about the foul and all that fun stuff? Yes. Let's do it. Hey, Alan, with the rest didn't call it. Whack him on the arm. Okay, before the ball gets ripped out of his hands, no call. But you know, in a situation like that, you know, we try to get the ball in a quick inbounds to our 90% free throw shooter, and uh, and we did. Uh, but then we're fine. There you go. Fine, so, fine, fine. It. Frankie getting fined, but that's just what you're. Take one early. Hey, great timeouts tonight, Frankie. Yeah, he missed one last good timeout. That would have been right but there. That's KD, right? KD's supposed to call that, not Frank. Yeah, Katie should have Katie should have called that one. Let's talk about what happened over there on the, the subreddit for the San Antonio Spurs tonight. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So I was in San Antonio tonight as Batman. <laughs> Where is she? Where's Victor Weminyama? <laughs> Here's some of the things that I heard. For those of you who are listening, I'm wearing a Batman mask. Uh, quick, quick side note. <clears throat> Just talking about Halloween. I ordered like a nice Batman mask. You know, it was like 20 bucks, but one that f- full head. This doesn't co- obviously cover my, this thing obviously doesn't cover my full head. Supposed to come in yesterday. I was all excited because I was going to be at work running around today like the idiot that I am. Just going, where is she? Everyone's like, who? I'm like, I don't know. Um, And didn't come in. And uh, the shirt, uh, I bought a Batman shirt. That didn't come in. Everything, like the the shirt came in today. The mask is like eventually going to come. I had to go in at Darth Vader. And it kind of sucked because like (laughs) I have a full on Darth Vader mask. 
and it's just really hot. And I'm very disappointed in you, Amazon. Uh, I ordered it in plenty of time, like three it's, days ago. It's funny how you have the backup, though. You yeah, have the well, backup, the Darth Vader backup. It's like, oh, I'll just go. I have my Darth Vader suit. It's okay. My Batman suit didn't come in. <laughs> it's like you're already prepared to ask. Like, it's like I would have been just well, lost. I wouldn't have been able to dress well, up. But here's the other thing is I went, I went yesterday. Like I came home. I checked the app and they're like, oh, it's not going to be there. There was a problem with delivery on your mask. I was like, fuck, I got to go to Spirit. So I went to Spirit where everybody and fucking their mother was. And there's no Batman stuff. And I was pissed. And I was like, oh, man, I really <laughs> wanted to talk like this. And I got home and all I wanted was a glass of water, Matthew. But guess what? We were out of no water. Way. That is. Which means I had to run to CVS. I've got the big five-gallon things. And I take them to CVS. And I fill them up there on outside and pray a bum doesn't, who, who stand there a little methed out, doesn't come up and try to con- converse with me. And after I was done filling up the water, I walked inside CVS. And there were little Batman masks like this one right here. So I got that and I decided not to wear it to work because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the shirt. So here's what we got from the subred stakeout from the San Antonio Spurs. <clears throat> Tallest guy that can handle the ball is down in the post and you won't give him the ball. Just waving him off. Both Trey and Vassell have been doing that. Either pop is not letting them. Wemby has no post up game. Or they're just being idiots. My guess is idiots. Then you have KD. Too good. The fact that we can't even keep up with a team that is missing Booker and Beal is sad. It's not like the Suns have been extraordinary or something. And then somebody replied, it's not sad. They literally have one of the best players to ever play basketball. Surround him with bums. Still a good team. And he ain't with bums. Then somebody else decided to say, you see the seven foot four dude on your team? Maybe pass it to him in transition. They were pissed. The whole subreddit stakeout, because you're going to be on subreddit stakeout next game. All they do is overanalyze everything Wemby does, as well they should. And they're just so pissed that Pop isn't playing a minutes and they're not passing the ball and why is he not posting up and why did he shoot that three and that was awesome that he shot that three and Vassell sucks and Johnson sucks because so they didn't pass him the ball. It's quite uh, it's quite hilarious. Somebody said, I hope Victor realizes that stuff like what Nurkic did. It's going to be the norm and he starts attacking with even more strength and doesn't shy away from the contact. Zach Collins is the center version of MPJ, but not nearly as good. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the subreddit stakeout. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I love the, the, the reply parts where... They're replying to each other as Batman. There's a bunch <laughs> of Batman. <laughs> it was. I was just. Well, I wore the Batman mask because I figured, you know, like their colors are black and gray. I should blend yeah, right in. And then they right were all Batman right. too. I'm like, yeah. and all and all the Christian Bale version of Batman. Oddly enough, which I thought was kind of strange. Oh, gosh. I was just like, good lord. Oh, uh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were muted, laughing, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see what else. What else do you have in your notes, Matthew, before we jam star and talk about some other NBA stuff and just overall sun stuff and stuff? Um, I just had some Eubank stuff. We had um a couple good possessions there to put the Suns back up by 17. He had a big block and a great defensive possession on Vassell. That was like the last time the Suns were up big after that. It was over. So that's all I had. Well, oh, I didn't finish the did I finish the Drew Banks? You did a big crank? Oh, yeah. So you were just talking about the crank? I don't yeah, think the added. big crank Eubanks, right? Oh, hold on a second, Jamsters. We have a new drop. Give me a oh, second. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. I don't think I added it in here yet. Let me check. No, I don't nope. see it. Nope, so. not, not here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, making his first debut and probably going to copyright us, we're going to provide you with the Drew Eubanks official drop on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. <laughs> Big crank Eubanks. Crank that song. Now what? I mean you. Crank that song. Now what? I mean you. Crank that song. Now what? I mean you. Crank that song. Now what? 
Yeah, big crank Eubanks in this game. You're right. He he played another solid game. Ended up playing a total of only 17 minutes. Only had three points. Beat four assists, nine rebounds. Had two blocks, one steal. Led the team with a plus 13 in this game. When he came out of the game, the, the defensive uh, uh, ability on the interior kind of went with it. So big crank Eubanks. Good job. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh a couple other things that i had in my notes let's see scrolling 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 because i was in the subreddit stakeout and obviously there's a lot of stuff in there um gordon if jo would hit his shots the suns would be up by more um josh Akogi in this game ended up going three of ten including one of four from downtown a couple assists only two rebounds uh, which is understandable with victor Wembanyama, but yeah he, he had 11 points but three of ten man we need better from jo in that capacity I know you have thoughts on the court. I wrote because it was the first debut of the statement edition jerseys this season and the court. I'm sure you have some thoughts, so let's hear them. Yeah, so the jerseys themselves, I love them now. Like they really warmed up to me, and I love them. I think they pop very nice. Now the court, I just don't like two courts. I know the middle change. That's it. The PHX. I just don't like it. I think it's uh, it doesn't really match the jerseys very well. Um, But also just. I just can't get warm up to it. It's just so harsh. It's just really a harsh court. It just doesn't look like it's finished. I don't know. I can't yeah. stand it. What do I kind of, I kind of agree. Uh, if I don't they, like the black. I like the black. Uh, if the keys were black as well, they keep everything the same on the court minus the PHX in the middle of the court that has, uh, that is black and it has that kind of Suns Valley gradient around it. You need to have the rest of the court kind of match that for continuity. It just it, it looks it's very. It it's is kind of let down for Ishbia. You would think that it would be a little bit better. Like that's the one. That's the only thing is just the court just has to be changed. He'll do it by next game. Watch. <laughs> hey Matt, change the court. Utah, the shoot. Utah Watanabe in this game, 11 points, 3 of 7 from downtown, 4 of 8 overall, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, couple turnovers. In my notes on Utah Watanabe, I have hit some big shots, crowd went crazy, shaky on defense, late on rotations, he fouls to make up for his lateness on rotations. That's what I'm noticing. Offensive player, not yeah. very good on defense thus far. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, it's funny because Frank did say um, that Utah's one of our better defenders. He mentioned that in an interview. I just don't I don't see that at all. Um, I think he had one good game defensively. He had a block and just the whole game, it was pretty great defensively. Other than that, it's kind of been sketch, mm-hmm. but he does hit the big shots and the crowd goes crazy. That's what he does in the corner, hits two of them in a row tonight. But the defense needs to be better. I just think that he can kind of be played out of game certain situations. Towards the end of the game, when he's still in there, it just it's kind of like, yeah, like I don't know if I trust him as much. But um, I don't know. Like he said, the defense, dude, I just got to get a little bit better. Yeah, I think obviously the reason that he's been out there late in games is because the offense is so stagnant and only Kevin Durant is providing any offense. And you couple the fact that you don't want Tanabe, if you look at his splits with Kevin Durant on the court and with Kevin Durant off the court, he's an unbelievably effective three-point shooter with KD on the court. So you keep that combination out there. You hope that he finds the corner, hits the three, and you can live with that. Unfortunately, the other side of that coin is he is somewhat shaky on defense. And a player who's been in the league, I believe, six years now, you can't expect a huge jump on defense. But in time, under the Frank Vogel system, I hope that there's just some better recognition. Uh, I hate to go down this route and say things like this, but I will. Like It's it's very Aiton-esque, uh, his basketball IQ with rotations at times, where he's just not realizing he's too busy watching the ball and not realizing a back cut's occurring or a screen's coming and he's dropping on the screen instead of fighting over it. And, be, and when he drops off the screen, he's not staying with the guy he dropped on either. And then that guy's wide open. I mean, he just, it, there's some basketball IQ stuff there that definitely needs to be addressed and worked on, but that's obviously not why he's out there. And we appreciate what he does and how he does it. And the electrics, the electricity that he brings uh, when he makes those three point shots, but just some things that I had in the old, the old notes. I also have this. Reggie says. Reggie Miller's on this game, which is just painful. Again, huh? Painful. Yeah. He brings up the Suns point guard conversation. Every time the Suns are going to be on national media, 
or a national nationally televised game. Are they going to have? Are we have to hear this fucking droney shit? Well, the Suns don't have a traditional point guard. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you actually really asking me? <laughs> yeah, like, are we? How many more? How many more times? Oh, all the time. It's gonna be. You know what? It's gonna always be asked too. Pre-game, all that stuff. Like Vogel's gonna have to hear it all year long until they actually prove that you know it works. It does Even work. Even if currently. they prove it works, though, it like, doesn't. Yeah, I know. No traditional point guard. That's the thing. Well, um, and another thing that Reggie says was the fact that you know how deep the the Nuggets are and how the Suns really aren't fucked. that deep. That was stupid. He's like, he didn't like, make any sense. No, the Nuggets lost a ton of depth. You don't this even know their depth yet. That's no. the big question mark about them. Is their depth? The Suns. Yeah. Yeah, it was a question mark before the season started for the Suns, but we knew as soon as the preseason started, we have depth. Yes. That was just, I think he kind of, you can kind of tell he wasn't backtracking, but after he said that, you can kind of tell he's like, no, that probably isn't, he's isn't like, right. Yeah. He's like, the Nuggets depth is great. Uh, look at the, the guy with the clown mask. <laughs> Wimby, fucking terrifying. Wimby, oh. <laughs> it, did you know that LeBron's in year 21? Yeah, uh, another thing that he said, he's like, "Look how deep Victor Wembanyama is on this three. And they show the replay, and he's like, "Just he's almost on the line." It's like, "What are you talking about? How deep he is on the three, Reggie?" Like, it's, it's just... crazy how many, even Vassell shots. Like, it's like, "Oh my god, the the testicles on this guy!" I know. Take wow. a step back three. They're wide down open, seventeen. Drained. Why would he do that? Yeah, it's it's a little. There was um one game I was watching on those ten minute clips that are just like the recaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forget which team it was today. Their their color announcer. Oh my gosh, the play by play. It's bad. I forget. I have to look it up. But he is a pain. Like. I had to like turn it off because I couldn't stand his voice, but he's like every game for that team. That sucks. So at least we get Reggie like what 40 times this year, maybe <laughs> what it feels like. like. And that. every time, every time Reggie's there, he's going to say how we have no depth. We have no point guard. And Wemby is an alien and LeBron's in year 21. And we have to hear it over and over and over. And that ladies and gentlemen is Reggie says Reggie says anything else you got in your notes before we head. I'm good, man. All That's right. Let's it. jam start. <laughs> Jam star of the game. Hamsters, a reminder: hit that thumbs up button. Hey, we didn't lose tonight downtown. We're not the Dimebacks. We're not the Suns. Give us a thumbs up down below. Subscribe, rate, and review, and let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up my little tracker here. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did I write down who you gave the the jam star to last game? Um, you gave it to Grayson Allen. Okay. So who's your jam star of the game in this one? This one's actually really tough. Um, I don't know. I I'll just give it to KD. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just give it to KD. I guess. I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I feel like KD is the correct answer in this one simply because, uh, you know, there were moments in this game where he did look absolutely fantastic. It's not his fault that we lost. I'll tell you that, um, you know, watching Kevin Durant play without Booker and Beal has really pers- put a perspective on how great he is because he is carrying this team. His gravity we saw in the third quarter, the Spurs just said our attitude is fuck it. Motherfuckers love it. And they th- threw a second guy at him every time and he would just pass out and hit the right guy and the guys would knock down the shots and. So yeah. why he ultimately ended up with tw- uh, seven assists and the team, when they're clicking, they look great. And it's because of him. And again, it's a credit to him. So we're blessed to have him in a, in a son's Jersey. I'm giving my jam star to Kevin Durant looking at what some of the jam stars are, 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 are jam stars are jamsters who are our jam stars. We know it. Um, Kiko gives it to the refs and 38 unbothered, but slightly injured. <laughs> Um, I like that. 38 unbothered. Why 38? Um, because you got Bradley Beal in there too, right? Yeah, but 36 unbothered plus three would be 39. <laughs> I don't know. But he gives it to the refs as well. But Kiko seriously gives it to KD, as does Andrew. Uh, Jack gives it to Drew Eubanks. I do like that. AGW gives it to KD. Um, 38 unbothered just says, yeah, it has to be KD. Let's see. Blaze Megatron gives it to Katie. Katie from Maya. Uh, so, yeah, that's everyone kind of agrees. Katie 
is the jam star of the game. It is the second time that Katie has won jam star from both you and me, Matthew. So we'll see how it, how it continues. Obviously the next game for the Phoenix suns again, right down there in downtown Phoenix, we're playing the San Antonio Spurs Thursday, 7 PM. I mean, I don't know how much we preview this one, but I will ask you this, Matthew, who wins this game? Suns like they should have won tonight for sure. I think they win it. I don't think you're gonna see anything different. I think you're gonna see the same kind of rotation. I think they they got their threes going down tonight. They they actually rebounded pretty good. You know what I mean? But I think late in the game got sloppy. That's one thing just to fix. I know Vogel came out after the game saying, you know, the rest didn't call the the foul that would have put KD in the line. But he also knows too that this is a game they should have won. If you want to see some different players like KBD or Medtu, uh, that's fine. But I just think that the Suns will probably win the next game by 20 like they should have tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a revenge game, if you will. I think that there's some things that they figured out. And I hope that uh, Devin Booker just says, fuck it, man. I'm playing. Um, but then again, he will and we'll be all... Like, oh, is he okay? He'll lose. Be like, was it worth it? <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> like... Uh, Coach Fallen Founder or whatever, equipment management manager Fallen Founder said, I just want the season to be over already. That's what he said. So I thought that was funny. Isn't, so that right. how, isn't that how we always feel? Like when we're at this this point, we're like, dude, just get to the fucking playoffs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, game four. It's just, I, I'm kind of done. It's like, I'm too I'm, old for this. Folks, we'll be coming to you live from game one of the playoffs. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review until then. But this is the last show. No. We, I do have some our thoughts, though. Thoughts. Um, brains. The one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, two things. One, I wanted to get your opinion on the new, uh, the new courts that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw these, but obviously with yeah. the, with the, uh, the in-season tournament, which starts Friday on the third, I think our first games against the Lakers, It is every, every team has an in-season court and the Phoenix suns, uh, it's going to be an all purple court with a turquoise stripe running right down the middle and not the middle from, you know, sideline to sideline, but baseline to baseline. And then the NBA cup trophy in the middle with El Valle scripted across. What are your thoughts when you saw this, Matthew? Um, At first I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like I thought it was a joke and honestly I didn't like it at first, but then the fact that it's actually for every team and for the midseason tournament, that made it more, that made more sense. And mm-hmm. I actually liked it, and I thought that it's kind of cool. If you go through all the other teams, I think they look pretty badass. Um, I like this. I think the fact that they're trying to shove it in our face. There was um, a story written by Zach Lowe just just saying, like, they had to make sure that we knew when we were watching that Fair. this was a tournament. And we definitely know something different is going on. The only other thing is, like, our jerseys do match that. So is it going to be impossible to see each other on the court? They're going to blend right into this thing. It's interesting with all that purple. That's for sure. Uh, I like what Jack Booker says in the chat. He says, a waste of paint. Uh, <laughs> Sir Hamo says, they will grow on me. Uh, and I agree with eggs. If you're going to do anything, make the middle orange, and it's great, versus it being well, the, tur- the, the turquoise. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. I think that, it, so if you're a player, and you're playing on that thing, it's got to look fucking weird. I just think it looked fucking weird. It's like it's like when people go and they play the fucking Boise State Broncos and they got that Smurf turf. It just looked fucking weird. So I mean, obviously yeah. we got to we got to see it on the court, but that's weird. We'll and really see. great. They're not all in Vegas, right? Like I keep no, 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 like, no. Towards the end, right? The, for the championship, yes. it's in Vegas. Yes. So I'm like, there's no way they get all the teams there to play because I know mm-hmm. the LA one's the first one. Yep, but I think when it's actually out there and we get one of those little tweets, uh, a photo of it from Kellen Olsen, it'll look pretty cool. I think we'll be pretty excited about it. Um, it's like, you know, Adam Silver's, they're they are doing a bunch of drugs, doing a bunch of crack, cocaine, or whatever the hell they're it's doing. The shrooms, and they're trying to make man. us love basketball even more. It's a little it's, 2K-ish. It's I like the shrooms. it. I'm interested to see it on 2K now that you mentioned that. Slim Reaper in the chat says, looks like a Pop-Tart. Yes, it, it definitely does. looks like a Pop-Tart. Yes. Looks like yeah. one of those fucking Blackberry Jam Pop-Tarts. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, I know we only got a couple minutes here left, Matthew, mm-hmm. but James Harden has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the Clippers sent Philadelphia a 2026 first round pick via OKC, a 2028 first round pick, two second round picks, 
one pick swap. There's like Marcus Morris. There's a bunch of fucking Norman Powell, a bunch of players. What are your thoughts on the deal and Harden overall? I don't like it. I think you have to trust the process with the Clippers, right? The process is to stay healthy with that team. I've watched a few of their games and the Clippers are fucking amazing with Westbrook, the energy he brings with those two superstars next to him. They're, they're going to be hard to beat, but then you add Harden. It's like, Oh hell yeah. Let's just destroy this thing. Why the hell did they add a Harden? Why? What are they doing? They're trying to ruin. Like, seriously, that team is so good the way they are. You throw Harden in there. He's just going to want the ball more. Terrence Mann probably hates him now that he's on the team. Like he doesn't want him there. They were running smoothly. I know there's an injuries thing, but even if you have to count on Harden when the injuries do happen, I don't trust him. So, I mean, good. Harden definitely still possesses a lot of talent, and he's going to bring that talent to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Bryn Tannehill, who writes for Brightside and is somebody who is just super smart. She's one of the smartest people I know, and she's super into analytics, and she's kind of created her own metric relative to multiple metrics combined together to really understand an impact of a player on the court. And she says that James Harden's the 13th best player on her uh, in her metrics. And if you want to read any of her writing, go over to Brightside and, and read some of that stuff. Uh, and she says, you know, obviously that, that's a big win for them. You're adding somebody with the 13th overall impact on the court. You know, the challenge obviously with them is their depth took a shot. Their chemistry is going to take a shot. And we know how James Harden is. He's going to be great this season because he wants to be there this season. It's down the road when they, don't when he doesn't want to be there anymore it's a whole nother thing i just am not a big harden fan because of the legacy that he that he leaves behind i i frustrated with somebody who has quit on three different teams and somehow some way it's not there's no penalty to it there's no uh there's no consequence to the action you can just act a fool and quit on teams and and i just i don't like that kind of stuff imagine doing that at work right like you're like hey i don't want to be here and they're like yeah, but we just gave you your end of your bonus. You're like, yeah, I know, but like, I don't want to be here. Uh, can you just transfer me to another branch? They're like, no, we need you here. You're like, yeah, but I'm not going to show up. They're like, oh, okay. We'll transfer you and we'll get back yeah, to city yeah. people. And you just do it like time and time again. I just don't like that kind of stuff. Again, who gives a shit what I think? Um, but I will say some of the reactions to his trade are pretty hysterical. Uh, shout out to Tony Rico. Hit me up on Instagram and share the link. He's like, dude, read some of these comments. And my favorite one, you know, it was talking about how you have uh, Westbrook and Harden push off P and Kawhi and Zubots and how, you know, this team would be great in 2017. And my favorite one is they're going to need two balls out there, which is kind of true because you have a lot of guys who demand the ball. And that's what you, you mentioned, you know, the Clippers early on the season, they've had a continuity and a fluidity to them because of the way that they ran their offense. And now you have like four ball dominant players out there. It's going to be interesting and it's going to be tough if you have to face them and they're all healthy. Yeah, but the, the the fact that there is one ball, and if you think like they're gonna make every fucking shot, like the thing is, Harden when he went to the Sixers, he I believed in that team two years ago. I thought that they can go to the finals with Embiid and Harden, and didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, what do you? What does Harden want? I know that he had the the big thing with the owner, and he said he's a liar and all that, but I just don't know what he wants in a team. Where does he want to be? And it's he like, wait, know. they're all going to be hot at once. Like they're going to be unstoppable. Like a lot of these guys, like including Westbrook, and I'm a big Westbrook fan. I wanted him to come to the Suns last year to be a backup point guard. You know, but wasn't going to happen. Obviously, I just think that they they have a bunch of guys that need the ball, like you said, and it's just going to slow down the offense. It's going to look really ugly. I think what they have right now is perfect, and they just destroyed it. So, well, time will ultimately tell. Uh, I hate the NBA. <laughs> So I can't wait to can't wait for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but the titty bars out in LA, I guess, are really good. So he'll enjoy Ooh. that. So on that note, Jamsters, again, thank you for hanging out with us after this loss. In a weird, typical Halloween fashion, you're the real ones. You're the real MVPs. Whether you're listening or watching, the fact that you spend some time to consume this content, we truly appreciate it. So make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff, or don't. We don't deserve it. But we'll see you live on Thursday after the Suns play the Spurs once again. Until then, Matthew, tell Don't them to do. Family.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.